Welcome to Rocking Our Priors. I'm your host, Dr. Alice Evans. Now let's talk about the roots of cooperation. Americans used to farm a rich variety of crops. Some were very labour-intensive, requiring neighbourly cooperation. In these counties, parents were more likely to give their children names that were common. That may indicate a desire for conformity. By contrast, in areas where farmers could be more self-sufficient, they chose names that were more individualistic. And when exogenous shifts propelled farmers into economic autonomy, they became even more self-expressive. In today's podcast, I'm digging into a phenomenal new paper by Martin Fitzbane, Johanna Jung and Dietrich Volrath. I apologise if I've mispronounced those names. It yields, their paper yields really important insights for the interactions between structural transformation, global cultural diversity and also social change. Uh, simultaneously, I'm also going to plough in as many agrarian puns as I can. I think we're already on four. OK, so let's start with the descriptive data. Fun fact, potatoes required three times the labour as wheat. Cotton needed seven times as much. So there are some very, very labour-intensive crops. Uh, those would be like sugar cane, cotton, uh, sugar beet, sweet potato, and especially tobacco. Crops in the US South were exceptionally labour-intensive, but there's also significant within-state variation, and the authors exploit this to disentangle the effects from agrarian uh, crop systems to institutions, you know, like racist and repressive laws in the South. They find that agricultural labour intensity is strongly correlated with individualism. This holds in both the North and the South for both white and black Americans. Now, you may be thinking, well, what about endogeneity? Maybe individualists settled and survived in places where they could farm independently. To examine how farming shaped culture Fitzbane and co-authors consider two agricultural shocks, mechanization and pests. So let's start with mechanization. Mechanization affected the amount of labor each crop required. Hand cultivating an acre of wheat required 61 hours. Machines meant it could be done in three. But the precise shifts in labor requirements varied by crop type. So cotton actually remained very labor intensive. In places where mechanization increased crops' labour intensity, names became less individualistic. Now here's our second exogenous shock, the boll weevil. So cotton was extremely labour intensive. But after the arrival of the boll weevil insect, that was between the 1890s and the 1930s, cotton was decimated and farmers were forced to adapt, adopt alternative crops, right? Now, this exogenous shift in labour intensity led to an increase in individualism right across the South. So farmers who adopted low labour intensity crops like wheat or rye became much more individualistic. Now, the authors also examined long-run cultural effects. They find that in counties with high labour intensity in 1900, people are now much more likely to search for the term common rather than unique. They show that from Google Trend data. They're also more likely to prefer team sports, support redistributive policies 
and vote at very high rates. Those are all indicators of very strong community bonds. So the implication of this paper is that economic interdependence seems to breed cultural conformity and collectivism. These are both examples of what Michel Gelfand calls cultural tightness. People in tight cultures show more synchrony, stronger prejudice against outsiders, and more restrictions on public speech. So outraged by normative deviance, they tend to impose harsh punishments. In Alabama, for example, it's illegal to possess, produce, or distribute a sex toy. That's an example of a culture that is culturally tight. Now, Fitzbane um, and co-authors, they don't actually consider cultural tightness, but it seems correlated with 19th century labour intensity. And you can look at uh, the link to my substack where I show you a, a subnational map of this. Okay, now here's a question for you. Did agrarian interdependence sow the seeds of cultural tightness worldwide? So globally, Cultural tightness seems more common in places where farming was once extremely labour-intensive and, and necessarily interdependent. Uh, so wet paddy rice uh, required immense coordination. So Thomas Talhem argues that this encouraged each East Asian collectivism. Now, I was initially sceptical of the rice theory of culture because what about Confucianism and uh, uh, institutions? But I think Fitzbane et al.'s paper is important because it enables us to disentangle the two. Even in a totally different institutional environment, i.e. the USA, agrarian interdependence nurtures cultural conformity. Okay. Chudno may provide another fertile area of study. So this is a freeze-dried potato made by Quechua and Amaya communities in the Andean Altiplano. So after harvesting, potatoes are laid out, frozen overnight, and then in exposed to intense sunlight. This process is extremely laborious. High demand for labor may help explain why nearly all rural Peruvian women work. It may also explain why skeletons from 500 CE showed higher wear and tear if they were from the Chuno-growing highlands rather than the lowland plains. That indicates labour intensity. Now, heightened labour intensity may also help explain indigenous institutions. Highland society traditionally comprised these Ailu communities with two kinds of reciprocal labour. There's prestamo... Pres, sorry... Prestamanos, which is, which means borrowed hands for harvest, and minga, which means community work, and that and that like irrigation, and minga comes from the Quechua word meaning, and I'm going to mispronounce this. Minka minka kuni, I think I'm not sure, which means asking for help by promising something. Aini aini is another word for reciprocity. It means today for you, tomorrow for me. So labour exchange can sustain all these kinship ties of cooperation, of fraternity and loyalty. Now today, Peru's scores as very collectivist. Homophobia is also very, very high. And that indicates very low tolerance of individual self-expression. Now, of course, that's likely been exacerbated by poverty, rurality and religion. But I would be curious to learn how indigenous culture varies between the labor-intensive Chuno-growing highlands 
and the lowlands. Now, if economic interdependence promoted collectivism in East Asia and the US, perhaps the same applies in Latin America. Now, the second major implication of Fitzbain et al.'s work is that when people are less dependent on their neighbours' support and approval, they can't become much more self-expressive. So they focus on American farming, but it's consistent with a wider body of evidence on structural transformation and cultural change. In North and Central Italy, extended families used to live and and farm together as sharecroppers. With little economic autonomy, men were compelled to comply with cultural conventions. But once jobs opened up in booming cities, men enjoyed a massive increase in liberty. Koreans may be culturally tight, but this was also unraveled by industrialization. As young adults moved to the cities and earned independent wages, they increasingly dated before marriage, chose their own partners, and then established their own households. They liberated themselves from parental control. In India, by contrast, only 10% of workers receive a regular monthly wage with social security benefits. As a result of endemic precarity, most men continue to live with their parents and rely on their jati. This motivates cultural conformity. Yet when Indians move to the UK and become economically independent, they deviate from tradition. Female employment is very high amongst British Indians. Over in America, the vast majority of Hindus and Muslims support non-discrimination protections for people who are LGBTQ. So assimilation obviously plays a role too, but my point is, whatever the deep roots, deep roots, culture is incredibly malleable. Okay, so let me summarize. Agrarian interdependence may have reinforced cultural conformity. When farmers were forced to become more economically autonomous, they became much more self-expressive. This echoes a globally uneven process of structural transformation and cultural individualism. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Dr. Alice Evans, and this is Rocking Your Prize.